Dinosaurs and feathers are once again a topic of conversation thanks to the new Ultimate Predator exhibit that opened back in March in the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. This isn't the first time that dinosaurs have been decorated by feathers, and new fossil evidence is always being found to showcase their delightful cornucopias of decorations. But this particular exhibit targets the T-Rex, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and its hatchling, which is about the size of, as they put it, a skinny turkey, and is completely covered in feathers. This is entirely hypothesis and is based on other fossil evidence, particularly that of the Yu Tyrannus, a skull found in China that had in the fossil mud, the fossilized mud, indentations of feathers all across its entire body, just completely covered. The entire family is actually known as Tyrannosaurus. So we say T-Rex is Tyrannosaurus, the big, big we're talking about from your Jurassic Park, and children's clothes for some bizarre reason. We all agree that children's clothes should always be rocking dinosaurs and astronauts and trucks and unicorns and rainbows. It just seems all so weird because the Tyrannosaurus is a frightening beast. And there seems to be a part of our mind that is enamored with it. Our, our little previous vole ancestor staring out from a hole at this giant, this real live monster. And we can see it too in the faces of ostrich or a molting parrot. There's something alien there, something predatory that gets our imagination sparked. And of course, Jurassic Park and other popular media of the past that has brought the Tyrannosaurus into the foreground. For me, it was Dino Riders the cartoon in the late 80s when I was growing up. And even a throwaway line in the recent Jurassic World movies has stated that it is time to give these dinosaurs an update. Evidence over the last 20 years continues to pile up that these creatures were likely covered in feathers. And sadly, these aren't luscious plumes. They're not big displays of peacock feathers. They are hairy, little, downy feathers that are starting to cover their entire bodies. In fact, it might be more akin to the random little hairs all over an elephant. And in fact, when you think of what dinosaur skin is supposed to be like, it's actually not very snake-like or lizard-like at all. It'd be more random, like a turtle or that elephant where some of the scales, and they do have scales, are larger, some of them are bumpy, rougher, some might come out in hard edges like that of a turtle, but it has a sort of leathery hang to it on the skeletal structure, much like when you see that molting parrot or a vulture. And whether or not it conflicts with your favorite interpretation of a dinosaur, it does make a lot of sense. You need that downy coat to protect you as you emerge from an egg, as you are tiny, running amongst a fern-covered, rather rough, plant-life world, and make sure that your skin is protected from the sun. In fact, the modern T-Rex shown at this exhibit has a sort of bad haircut across the very back of its neck all the way down, and they've added a bit of an explosion, tufts, at the end of its tail. These are all speculation, as I mentioned. 
These are all ideas based on earlier Tyrannosaur species, which appear about 100 million years before the big one, the T-Rex, the Tyrannosaurus Rex. The Tyrannosaurus itself is luckily, I'm very happy to report, is no longer a scavenger in this particular exhibit. It is believed that they started out as omnivores, as many lizards and predatory lizards do, eating whatever they can. There may have been some participation by the parent. We can assume that these tyrannosaurs were territorial. And if you were born inside their territory, there was a time where you were allowed to hang out there and eat the scraps. Or at very least, enjoy other foods that the adult T-Rex wouldn't be interested in. And thanks to the discovery of smaller, younger T-Rexes, we know that their arms proportionally were a little larger when they were small, and in fact just didn't gain the resources and weren't upgraded at the same rate as the rest of the body. Over the first 20 years or so of a T-Rex's life, it was putting on about 6 pounds a day. And eventually... The entire body outpaced the arms, though scientists say they were still strong enough, at the very least, to just hold on to something, if they had to, while they were finishing it off. But we know it was now a ambush predator, more like that of a tiger. Sits in the bushes, sits in the tree line, explodes out with a very short burst of force, maybe a leap, how cool would that be? And lands on its foe with 12... 1,800 pounds of biting force. That is not like a lion or a cheetah where you're biting the jugular or you are piercing an important part and then would follow it for a time. You're not poisoning it. You are actually with that much force, even on dinosaur bones, you are exploding the bone. The entire inside of the animal would be eviscerated. If it did happen to get away, it'd go down very soon. There was not a lot of stamina in this particular attack style. Now, from four years old to about that 20 when they were growing up, there is signs actually in the gate. How cool is that? In the fossilized mud imprints of their feet walking that the younger ones did pursue for a time. Or at the very least, they were much faster than their eventual multi-ton size adults. So if you're like me, once you get over the excitement of new dinosaur information, you wonder why we were wrong in the first place, or why there wasn't evidence to make these discoveries known in a more linear fashion. Why do we burst and have these dips in our knowledge about history, particularly when it comes to dinosaurs? And the real reason is that dinosaurs, baby dinosaurs, are fragile. They do not have the bone mass of the adults, so we just have very few specimens. There's also some conflict among paleontologists because every time they find a younger dinosaur, they want it to be a new dinosaur. And so we don't know sometimes what's a young, middle-aged, and old dinosaur. And there may be huge changes. In particular with Triceratops, we might have multiple versions living in similar communities, sharing territory, much like your big safari kind of environment, or they're all one type of dinosaur, just at varying age lengths, at various stages of development. And in fact, dinosaur research is about as old as the car. 
the very first recorded instance of dinosaur bone discoveries were made in ancient China, where they believed them to be dragons, and some of these bones were used in traditional medicine. The Europeans believed that the bones they found were those of giants or biblical creatures, and were passed off as such. In the 17th century, scholars first started approaching these bones as dinosaurs, great fossil lizards, and it became a huge focus in the 1800s. The 1800s in general was a pretty big renaissance for what you might call parlor trick science, electricity, the rotary printing press, space through affordable lenses, all these things were being looked at by the middle class. Dinosaurs became one of their favorite hobbies. In 1858, the Hadrosaurus was discovered. This is one of the first nearly complete skeletons ever found, and it was bipedal. It was huge. Everyone assumed that dinosaurs only walked on four legs like the lizards they had seen around them. And this sparks dinomania throughout the populace. Everyone wants to know more about dinosaurs. And this leads to the Bone Wars. And if you want to blame one part of history for the delay in scientific knowledge about dinosaurs, you can look directly at Edward Drinker Cope and Othniel Charles Marsh and the Bone Wars. This was a race to find new species of dinosaurs. It was a feud between these two paleontologists, these rogue diggers, that lasted for 30 years, eventually ending with the death of Cope. Now these two were fighting, racing, to discover as many dinosaurs as possible because there was big money in selling the bones. To aid them in the speed of their discovery, they were using dynamite to dig. And countless specimens were lost just in the digging alone. They would also sabotage each other's shipments, or, when the other was off-site, go into their land and destroy their findings while they were trying to dig them up. Despite this, the two of them ended up discovering 142 different species of dinosaurs. And their interpretation of what these dinosaurs look like was the prevailing thought for the next hundred years. It wasn't until 1964 with John Ostrom that anyone considered dinosaurs might be more like birds, and this was accompanied by his discovery of Dionychus, which had a lot of the same features. There are over a hundred distinct anatomical features that are shared by birds with theropod dinosaurs. This discovery has very little impact on the public view of dinosaurs, mainly because of the popularity of movies. Things like King Kong in 1933 had shown dinosaurs lumbering around the T-Rex dragging its tail, and Thunder Lizards, the Iguanodon, was still the main view of what a dinosaur looked like. And that view lasts all the way until the 90s. The late 80s cartoons still had the T-Rex dragging its tail on the ground. I still own the poster I got as a kid from the Washington, D.C. Natural History Museum with the T-Rex with the tail dragging on the ground. This view finally shifts in the early 90s as paleontologists start to, together, 
believe that birds are the descendants and that all non-avian dinosaurs went extinct. And this is all aided by Jurassic Park in 1993. And in fact, there is a scene, the kitchen scene with the raptors, that as the movie was being produced, the raptors were flicking their tongues in the air, tasting the air like a reptile or a snake does. And the head paleontologist, the consultant for that movie, rushed over to Spielberg and made him make the change. There was no flicking tongue. They were more like birds. They did not have these reptilian features. As we get deeper into the 90s, discoveries in China start to show that feathered dinosaurs may have existed. But it's held back. Progress is stopped because a lot of these discoveries end up being forged. So discovery is again delayed. And it's not until 2011 where a sample of amber is discovered preserving feathers from dinosaurs 80 million years ago. And now today, we have Eutyrannus, the smaller, feathered version of the Tyrannosaurus rex, which has now had its feathers transposed onto the T-Rex, which is why there is an exhibit today with T-Rex feathers and why this all seems to move so slowly. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on whatever service you are using at the moment. Music was by Brian Griffith. I was Kyle Ferguson. You can support this show and the creation of others like it over at patreon.com slash kyleferguson. I'll see you next week.